Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and today is a great day because it's Everyone Wednesday. But it's also a great day because we're going to take a look at a couple of things that are important to us as Christians, namely the Word of God, which is the bread of life, and also the other things that God has called us to consume, as it were, uh, things that we get to eat, you know, put into our bodies in a fairly regular basis, and things that will... Um, you know, be a benefit to us. And I've got a couple of resources to give away today on Everyone Wednesday that you're going to love because they're both code books. You know, O.S. Hawkins, former pastor, retired pastor of uh, First Baptist Church in Dallas. He's had a tremendous amount of success with his books, you know, the this code and the that code. Um, one of his bestsellers is the book, The Bible Code. And I love the fact that these O.S. Hawkins' books are not only are they designed to help edify us as Christians, part of the Code series, but O.S. in his current capacity works with an organization where all of the proceeds of the books, he doesn't take any royalties off of this. All the proceeds of these Code books actually goes into a fund for retired pastors who retired at or below the poverty level. And the proceeds of the book, they go to help fund their retirement. It's a wonderful organization that he uses he's the uh, it's guidestone financial resources is the name of the group and they help out with a quarter of a million dollars of uh, assets for people in these different capacities so uh, we're going to hear from os later on this half hour uh talking about the bible code finding jesus in every book of the bible and then after we finish up with that conversation, we're going to get into a dialogue here. I'm going to revisit a conversation I have with Dr. Chris Green. We had this uh, several years ago. We were talking about health and how important it is for us to uh, be good stewards of the bodies to which God has entrusted to us. Um, of course, the scripture tells us that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what happens when you take a guy who's got 25 years of clinical medical experience and you put it together with the biblical wisdom that he has, uh, this is a guy who literally has books written on how the Bible has a prescription for chronic pain, for diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, any of the things that you find in the culture that are ailing you, uh, you will find benefit in Dr. Chris Green's book called God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription for restoring body and soul. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Today is Everyone Wednesday. And so everybody who calls is going to win something. But a couple of our listeners are going to win either a copy of O.S. Hawkins' book, The Bible Code, or Dr. Chris Green's book, God's Healing Code. So if you are looking for a little spiritual prescription or maybe a way to improve your physical health, you've come to the right place. Let me give you the phone number now because you tuned in early. And 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Um, you go, if you call now, you'll your name will be in the drawing not only for Dr. Chris Green's book on God's healing code, but also uh, for uh, the O.S. Hawkins book, The Bible Code. Now, speaking of The Bible Code, uh, have you exp experimented at all with any of this new technology like uh, chat GPT? or uh, some of the artificial intelligence. A few weeks ago on the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, and this week's, we recorded it this morning, and this week's edition is, man, both barrels loaded. John, it's John Rush, Bob Duco, and me this week. Neil Boron's on vacation. 
And those guys, I'll tell you, uh, John said, I do not want Jared Polis, governor of Colorado, to be even considered for the Democratic nomination for president. Bob then echoed, well, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer would also be on the short list, but all eyes were on me here in the People's Republic of California. They are utterly convinced that uh, something's going to happen with President Biden between now and the nominating process in 2024, and that Gavin Newsom's either, well, you got to listen to the podcast, okay? Uh, it airs, we air the program in its entirety on our sister station, KLZ, in, for Denver listeners. That comes in the last hour of John's program, I think, today. So once we finish up on KLDC, 4 to 5.30 Mountain Time, 6 o'clock, just pop over to AM 560 at KLZ, and you can hear the entire one-hour National uh, Crawford Roundtable podcast. For those here in the People's Republic of California, uh, the first half hour of the podcast airs Thursdays from 4 to 4.30 Pacific Time. And then the second half hour airs on the weekend. Of course, you could subscribe to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, and then that way you don't have to mess with terrestrial radio. And if you do, or if you're already a subscriber, we appreciate your five-star review. We appreciate you letting us know what you like about the program. I know a lot of bottom line show callers call in every week and, you know, at least one or two will say, really love, you know, the, these are my favorite programs, bottom line, uh, in touch or something like that. And then of course they mentioned NCR as well. And we're very grateful for that. But uh, the reason I bring up NCR is about a month or so ago, we were talking about, I think it was chat GPT, an artificial intelligence thing. And John Rush was talking about how when he goes out to give presentations or work on things for clients, whether it's radio ads or whatever it is, that he has used some of the artificial intelligence. And he actually, we have a group text that we, all the guys, you know, Neil Bourne's in Buffalo, New York, and John's in Denver, and Bob's in uh, Detroit, and I'm here in Southern California. And uh, John sent out a group text to the guys during the show of something he had written, like if he were asked to give an address at a pro-life banquet, you know, fundraising banquet for a pregnancy resource center like Preborn. And I'll tell you, he punched in a few details about uh, abortion, about the sanctity of human life, and he delivered to us within a minute a five to ten minute presentation that would have gotten a standing ovation and lots of donations from people once they heard it. Now, it needs to be sweetened up a little bit and more personalized, but in terms of telling the story of the pro-life community, um, well, it did an amazing job. And I'm hearing from more and more people. My daughter Kaylee just finished up writing a doctoral dissertation, and she said, you know how tempting it was to be able to use like an AI application to make the writing process just go along smoother. I'm, I'm hearing from writers, people who are preparing interview questions for... Um, <laughs> for radio and television interviews, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't know if you've picked this up in 12 years of listening to the Bottom Line show. Um, I have worked for Christian media programs for most of my adult life, and I've been on the producer end quite some time, uh, the co-host, the producer, production coordinator, whatever you want to call it. And for many of the programs that involved interviews, <clears throat> I was the guy who read the book, did all the homework, did all the research, wrote the questions out. When it comes to the bottom line show, I do my own style of research, but I've never written a question out. I mean, I take that back only one time in the history of this uh, show. I did that, and that's when my daughters, Emily and Kaylee, were graduating with their bachelor's degrees from Cal State Fullerton. That was 10 years ago. 
And I didn't just want to go off the cuff. And so I actually wrote out some questions for them. And it was interesting because afterwards, our station manager at the time said, boy, I'm glad you guys had a chance to prepare that. That You guys sound like you're a really well-oiled machine. And I said, well, in all honesty, I did write out my questions, but the girls had no idea what I was going to ask them. And our station manager was just kind of dumbfounded. And I said, well, yeah, that's kind of the way we roll. <laughs> I don't write out. I just let, I really do honestly let God determine what questions are going to be asked and answered and how we're going to, uh, how we're going to handle it. So, I mean, that's not a, I mean, that's all glory to God, you know, for that. That's uh, pretty remarkable. But in the chat GPT world, it is a reality that you're going to go to church more and hear a pastor who's prepared a sermon that way. And it's conceivable that you're going to hear more presentations, maybe even on radio or television programs, that were generated by artificial intelligence. Now, get ready for not only the sermon part and the Bible study part, but an actual Bible. An influential author, professor, and a renowned public intellectual by the name of Yuval Noah Harari has made the statement that artificial intelligence, in his words, quote, can create a new Bible. Now, he gave a talk last month on the future of AI, artificial intelligence, and said, you know, it's been impacting the scientific community and the history world for quite some time. It is highly possible that it would potentially impact spirituality as well. Here's the quote. It's the first technology ever that can actually create new ideas. You know, the printing press, radio, television, uh, they broadcast and spread the ideas that were already created by the human brain, by the human mind. But they can't create a new idea. When Johannes Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century, the printing press printed as many copies of the Bible as Gutenberg instructed it to. But it did not create a single new page. Now, that's an important distinction to make. If you, all of the different mass media advances that we've seen, from the printing press to the transistor radio to television, and then of course with portable internet, we call it broadcasting for a reason. You take the message that you have and you send it abroad, literally all over the place. But you're not necessarily creating new ideas as you are just repeating old ones. And we see that with the internet all the time. But you know what's interesting is, um, when you think about what the Bible does, the Bible in and of itself, not the method, not the printing press, but the Bible in and of itself brings new ideas. God's mercies are new every morning. I mean, they are new ideas to us based on the timeless truths of Scripture. But that's an excellent point that Dr. Harari makes by saying, look, when Johannes Gutenberg printed the Bible in the middle of the 15th century, the printing press basically did what it was told to do take this text on this page and recreate it. The printing press in and of itself did not have any thoughts about the Bible. It's completely amoral. I mean, is this good? Is this bad? How do you interpret this? How do you interpret that? That, that wasn't happening. But then he continued in his talk and he said, AI can create new ideas. And when you get right down to it, it could conceivably create a new Bible. 
These are fascinating times we're living in, brothers and sisters. And if you are using AI on a somewhat regular basis, I want to encourage you to be very careful for just that reason. This is the Sorcerer's Apprentice. This is Mickey Mouse with all the mops. I mean, <laughs> on steroids. That may be something that you can use in the workplace. Maybe it'll even come up with some better ideas for the way you do your business that you never even thought of. But when it comes to the word of God, remember the passage that says, do not add anything or subtract anything to or from these words that are written here. There is a code, though, when you look at the Bible itself. And our good friend, Dr. O.S. Hawkins, has put together a whole series of books on these different codes, the prayer code, Joshua code, promise code. The granddaddy of all of them is the Bible code. And it's a code that helps you find Jesus in every book of the Bible. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Dr. O.S. Hawkins joins me to discuss the Bible code coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. When you read God's Word and you go to a church that says, we teach about Jesus and we preach you know, the gospel, a lot of times churches will focus on the New Testament and they'll say, well, of course, the New Testament, because it's about Jesus, right? But what about the Old Testament presence? Is it possible that we have been missing, especially in the Western church, the fact that Jesus really does have a presence in every book of the Bible? Well, O.S. Hawkins is with me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about his new book called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. O.S. Hawkins, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Oh, thanks so much, Roger. Great to be with you all. Uh, he is the best-selling author of the Code series books, the Joshua Code, the Jesus Code. They've sold over a million and a half copies, and he speaks regularly at various conferences and churches all over the nation. He's spent more than 20 years uh, serving in pastoral ministry at First Baptist Church in Fort Lauderdale, First Baptist Church in Dallas, and now the president of Guidestone Financial Resources, which is the world's largest Christian screen mutual fund, $17 billion in assets, serving 50,000 churches. So grateful for the work that you do with Guidestone. Let's talk about this Bible Code for just a moment because it's a bold statement to make and yet it wasn't too difficult for you to be able to bring this to our attention let's talk about the the bible code and finding jesus in every his presence is everywhere but especially in the old testament why is it so important for us to look at those 39 books and say where do i find jesus how do i see him well it's important because you know jesus talked about it himself he he on the emmaus road said to cleopas and that other unnamed apostle. He said uh, uh, that, uh, that uh, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he did expound to them in all the scriptures 
the things concerning himself. So numerous times in the Bible, Jesus said himself that he was in all the Bible. He, over in John 5, he said, search the scriptures for in them, you know, that you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. Uh, he said in John 5, if you believed Moses, you would have believed me for he wrote of me. So we know from Moses to Malachi, from from uh, all through the Old Testament, we, we see beautiful pictures of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's interesting, O.S. Hawkins is talking with me about the Bible Code and finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. This brand new book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. You mentioned John 5, O.S., and I think uh, that's that should be our giveaway where he says, you know, search the scriptures. Well, when Jesus is talking and he's talking about the scriptures, he's referring to the Old Testament. I mean, that was that was the Bible that he was working through before the New Testament was written. So that should be our first clue. Um one of the examples you use is one that's so very basic to all of us, and yet I think that we often forget about, we think about God's provision when we see the story of Abraham and Isaac, but we don't necessarily see Jesus physically there. Talk about how that is a great example of how we can find Jesus, for example, in the book of Genesis. Yeah, it, you know, all of those early books in the Old Testament are such beautiful examples. The, the one you mentioned, uh, when Abraham sacrificed his only son Isaac, the, that sacrifice, that ram, caught in the bush that became the substitute, the beautiful picture of Christ being the substitute of us. You go on to the book of Exodus, and there you find the Passover lamb, one of the most beautiful pictures of, of the Lord, with his blood spread over the doorpost and lentil of the home, meaning two things, deliverance from death and freedom from slavery to those Israelites, yeah. which is exactly the two things Christ means to us. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on from there. O.S. Hawkins' new book called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. I, I, where you really got to me with this book, O.S., is, quite frankly, I mean, a lot of the books of the Old Testament I'm familiar with, and you can see where Jesus shows up, and it makes a lot of sense. And then there are those books, I think it was Stuart Briscoe who once said, there are those books of the Old Testament that you'll find have the cleaner pages of your Bible. You know, translation meaning you're not studying it, you're not writing it, you're not underlining it. Exactly. How, how in the world do you find Jesus in Kings and Chronicles and, and the books that well, we have yeah, a tendency to yeah, skip you over? You know, one of, the most in, one of the most interesting ones, Roger, is uh, we find in the Minor Prophets. Take Hosea, for example. Okay. Now, in the, in, the, in the book of Hosea, in chapter 14, verse 5, uh, God says, I will be like the dew to my people Israel. And uh, Christ there is seen as the dew. Now, you know, what? where, where does dew come from? Does, does dew fall or does it rise? You know, that, that's, don't answer the question. It's just a thought. But mm -hmm. you go out in the paper, you go out to get the morning paper in the morning or whatever you do, and you go out and there's dew all over the grass. Where does it come from? Right. Does it fall or does it rise? And the answer is neither. Uh, it just appears when certain conditions are right. And, you know, Jesus is like that. He said, I will be like to do. We pray, oh, Lord, fall on us. Oh, God, rise up to meet us. No, he just shows up when certain conditions get right in our lives. So he's just there and everything. You know, Roger, very briefly, uh, I came about this when I thought about, you know, we all have an appendage, appendage that stays right by our side throughout the whole day. We sleep with it not far from us. We develop such a dependency upon it that there's uh, hardly any part of our lives in which it's not in involved. And, of course, I'm speaking of our 
smartphones, our iPhones. Mm-hmm. We talk right. on them. We text on them. We tweet on them. We schedule on them. We get our news from them. We bank on them. We pay our bills on them. We watch the weather on them. We wake in each day to an alarm on them. One of the greatest features of them uh, is that camera, which really is better on mine. It's better than any camera I've ever owned. And if you're right. like me, you've yeah. got hundreds or thousands of pictures of your kids on that on on your camera. And uh, we love showing our friends those pictures of Jesus, and, and God delights in doing the same thing. He loves showing us pictures of his son from every possible angle and every possible place. And, and when we walk through all these books of the Bible, that's really what God is doing. He's just showing us various and different pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. O.S. Hawkins is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. O.S. Hawkins, the author of the brand new book called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book in the Bible. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You know, it's interesting. I could not help but think, O.S., as you were describing the dew that shows up in uh, in the book of Hosea, the dew for his people. And I kept thinking about dew and fleeces. And I think about, uh, you know, Gideon and the, the, the whole, you know, make it wet right. on the ground and that type of thing. And, and realize, and my first thought was, well, okay, of course God could do that. But in doing so, if you're using dew as a presence of Jesus, not only in Hosea, uh, that is a great reminder of the fact that God will have, Jesus is going to be where he needs to be when he needs to be it to speak to his people. And right. that is that is such a, a, a powerful truth. Um, one of the other stories that kind of hides in plain sight is in the book of Daniel. And I want you to talk about the presence of Jesus in the Old Testament in that book, because he, he does make a, an appearance that uh, I think most of us can relate to, but we just kind of don't always connect the dots that it's actually him where he shows up. Talk about that. Oh, right. When, uh, when those uh, <clears throat> three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown into Nebuchadnezzar's burning fiery furnace, you know, there's a real math lesson there when you think about it, Roger. How many how many went in uh, to the fiery furnace? Three. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar came and looked in. He saw what? The fourth as the son of man. It was Jesus. He got in there with them, and not a hair of their head were singed. They came out, and there were three of them. So what that means is no matter who we are, where we are, we get in one of those experiences of life. We can, we can rest in the fact that Jesus is there with us just as he got into that fire furnace with those uh, three Hebrew young men. Yeah. It's it's a great reminder, and it's a good. I'm going to say this often now because you use that cell phone analogy. Uh, it's a great word picture, but also it's an actual portrait of who God is showing Himself to be through His Son Jesus Christ, who shows up all throughout the Old Testament. Fascinating new book by O.S. Hawkins today here on the Bottom Line. We're discussing it. The book is called The Bible Code: Finding Jesus in Every Book. And one thing I had to admit, O.S. as a guy. Uh, I love the size of this. It's really easy to you know to hold, to read, to process. And I would imagine this is the kind of resource that a young person would really benefit from as well. Talk about that. Right. Uh, exactly. I wrote it exactly like that. But, you know, all the code books are designed. They're the same size. They're beautiful gift edition books. They're leather bound and, and uh, they're very beautiful, but they're all short chapters. Right? I wrote it for the guy that wants to read it early in the morning and get going. You know, the code series all started when I began to realize that people wanted to get in the Bible, even people that have been Christians for a long time, but they didn't know how to get started. They start in Genesis, and mm-hmm. and uh, they, 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 get, they get bogged down by the time they get to Leviticus. 
And then aren't they starting Matthew? They're all those names in the genealogy. They can't pronounce <laughs> half of them. Right. Yeah, so I yeah. just I, I figured out there were 52 scripture verses that every believer ought to know. And if you know those 52 verses, memorize them. And scripture memory is a lost art. But if you know those 52 verses and memorize them, you're going to know the message of the Bible. And so that was the first one called the Joshua Code, 52 scripture verses ever believed to know from Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night in order that you may do all that's written therein. So there are 52 verses, one a week that you memorize, and Bible study helps for them. And if you, if you can learn those verses, you're going to know the message of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, this newest edition of the Code series, the Bible Code, is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and it does make a, it does make a great gift. Uh, more of my conversation with O.S. Hawkins, the author of that book, in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. O.S. Hawkins is my guest today here on the program. We're talking about The Bible Code, the great book that focuses on finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. It is Everyone Wednesday, so I encourage you to call us at 800 227 5278 right now. Uh, everyone is going to win something. Everyone who does call in is going to win something. But we do have one copy of the Bible Code book to give away, and we will do that today before this hour is through. 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, O.S. Hawkins, the outstanding book called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Page of the Bible, Every Book of the Bible, Every Chapter of the Bible. 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And remember, uh, if you don't win O.S.'s book, it's Everyone Wednesday, so everyone's going to win something. We have David Jeremiah devotionals. We still have a few Charles Stanley commemorative calendars left, uh, books by Dr. Jeremy McGarity of Skyline Church and Skyline Radio. Lots of things for you to win. So today's your day if you need to put a smile on your face. Who needs Prime Day when you have Everyone Wednesday here on The Bottom Line? More in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You've been in an accident, and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact Stephanie at Cover Law. Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own. And by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R today. O.S. Hawkins is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His brand new book is called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book in the Bible. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And O.S., as you were mentioning before the break, I want to give you a chance to expand upon this a little bit more. Uh, This code series has been so very, very helpful and beneficial for a lot of people, not just just guys like me who are looking for, you know, three or four pages, short chapters that they can start the day off with. That's a help indeed. But 
a lot of people have benefited from all the different code books you've written. Talk about why this code series is so is so helpful well, and so crucial. Well, thanks. And you know, when we talk about code, we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about some secret that's there, but the, a code in the terms of unlocking the truth that's there in the Bible. You know, we mentioned the Joshua Code a moment ago, fifty-two verses every believer should know. The second one was called the Jesus Code. You know, I was reading the Gospels, Roger, and it just astounded me how many times Jesus asked questions. Uh, and I counted them, over 150 in the Gospels. Now, he was omniscient. He didn't need answers, but he was always asking questions. It was his way of getting us to see where we were. And it dawned on me then, uh, with the success of the Joshua Code, I knew I was going to write another one back there early on, and it dawned on me that there were 52 Scripture questions that every believer ought to be able to answer before he gets to heaven. Like Job's, if a man dies, will he live again? Uh, like the question Jesus asked in Matthew, who do you say that I am? Mm -hmm. And I, so I picked out 52 scripture questions in the Bible that I thought every believer ought to be able to answer before he gets to heaven. And that was the Jesus code. And then they've just followed in, in succession like that. The Christmas code actually sold over a half a million copies itself last year. It's wow. a small Advent devotional that you can buy for less than a dollar in bulk, and churches bought them by the thousands for each church, and they used them as evangelistic tools during the month of December. It's an Advent devotional for the, the 25 days of December leading up to uh, Christmas. We also have the Easter Code, which takes you from uh, Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, and churches use that. And then we also have the Apostles Code, which is the story of the power of the Holy Spirit that takes you from Easter to uh, Pentecost Sunday. So they're just, uh, they're about 10 or 12 of them in the whole series now. And I'm, I'm as excited about this new in the Bible code as any of them I've ever found because it's really taken off. In fact, they had almost 50,000, uh, pre-sales of it before it ever came out. So it's, it's really doing well. And yeah, we're just so blessed, uh, that God is using these codes to, it's, they're, they're not about getting people into the Word of God. They're about getting the Word of God into people, and, mm, and they're designed that. to make beautiful gifts that people can give to people who need to know the Lord. Well, they not only are they beautiful gifts, but I mean, they're, they're, they're kind of the gift that keeps on giving in terms of uh, what the, the, the proceeds of these books actually go to. I know we don't usually wander off into this side of the industry too much, but I think it's important because a lot of bottom line listeners who are enjoying your work, O.S. Hawkins, uh, would be happy to know that it's not just a question of you writing the books. There's a bit of profit to be made and and you and your family enjoy the benefits of that you have special plans for the proceeds for all of these books talk about what happened right we proceeds. started out when the joshua code came out <clears throat> we give all the royalties to uh something we call mission dignity we're on a mission to bring dignity to some forgotten folks here at guidestone and that's retired pastors and their widows many of them pastored out in the highways and hedges often forgotten places never had enough money to live on much less prepare for retirement now they're in their declining years living at the poverty level and one little pastor's widow 87 years old wrote me the other day and she, after she got in mission dignity and she she said i get to eat at night now and it's not just a piece of toast mm. so all the profits from all the code books all my royalties go to support Mission Dignity. And Roger, they've sold now over 2 million copies. I would like to think if I'd have known they'd have done this well, I'd be as benevolent.
important as I've been and giving all the royalties away. But we're, we're just we're blessed that we've been able to do it, and we've been able to Christ's hand extended to thousands of precious old soldiers of the cross in their declining years. Uh, most of them are pastors' widows, actually, that are in our program now. Mm, I think that's it's so. Wonderful. So every, every yeah, just to say that every time somebody purchases or gives these as gifts, they know that they are going to support uh, uh, one of these precious people in need. So it's not just a benefit for them. It's it's being Christ's hand extended to someone else. And if anybody wants to learn more, Roger, about any of the code books, uh, you can go to oshawkins.com, and there's information about all of them there. Okay, we'll put that link at thebottomlineshow.com as well. O.S. Hawkins, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Uh, the Bible Code is the latest in the code series, finding Jesus in every book of the Bible. Uh, we've got that link for the book at thebottomlineshow.com as well. Uh, O.S., we've been talking about finding Jesus in the Old Testament and the way that he shows up, and you use the, uh, the, the image of the fact that it's like we've got all these different pictures of Jesus kind of showing up. But you and I were talking during the break, and you mentioned the fact that um, not only does Jesus you know, have these appearances uh, in picture form, but also he kind of shows up in other forms too, especially when we get to the New Testament. Give us an, an example of how it might, he might take on a different form to reveal himself to us. Well, you know, for example, he's uh, uh, in Mark, for example, he's the God of the, of the second touch. You remember in Mark chapter 8, there was a, a man that was blind and, mm-hmm. and the Lord touched him. And then the Lord asked him, he said, what do you see? And he said, I see men, but he said they look like trees walking. Here was a guy whose vision was so blurry that he, he couldn't tell a man from a tree. Mm. I mean, he couldn't tell if that man uh, had hair or was bald. He couldn't tell if he had a beard or was clean shaven. He, there were some other things he couldn't tell. He couldn't, he couldn't see eyes if they were tearful or a brow if it was furrowed or a, a shoulder that was bent over a heavy load. And hence, if he couldn't see a man like that, he couldn't couldn't meet a need. And then Jesus touched him a second time. He said, what do you see now? And he said, I see every man clearly. Mm-hmm. And you know what all of us need in life is, is the God, the Christ of the second touch, that we might be able to see people through the eyes of Jesus. Uh, and when we do, what, a, what an incredible difference it makes uh, in all of our lives. Yes, it certainly does. I appreciate the fact that you, uh, uh, in the book of Philippians, for example, we find Jesus in, in the words of the Apostle Paul, and you talk about Jesus being our prize and our prize possession. Talk about why that is important for us to see, especially in modern times. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely the, our, our prize. You know, he goes on and, and talks about that in, uh, uh, also throughout the, throughout the uh New Testament, I, I love it where he talks about over in Titus being our blessed hope. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's who he is. He, we're, we're living in such incredible troubled times. And the Bible talks about three comings, the coming of Christ at Bethlehem, the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, and you know, we, we don't hear much about that anymore. Uh, uh, they're too extreme. Some people get so caught up in the second coming, they forget to uh, appropriate all the blessings of the first coming. But I think most people today, they don't live with an anticipation of what Paul said to Titus was our blessed hope, his glorious appearing, the fact that Christ is going to come again, and he is our prize. He is our blessed hope. Uh, 
Uh, and uh, that's something for which all of us should be looking for. You know, those early believers in the book of Acts, uh, they they lived with that a word that constantly escaped their lips, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. They they greeted each other with that word. They When they were burned at the stake, they shouted that word to one another. They, they thought he was coming any moment, and they lived with that incredible anticipation. And because they had that hope in the future, they had a power in the present. And uh, one of the things we try to do in this book is to rekindle that fire that, that our blessed hope is coming again. And so that folks can meet him. You know, I mentioned Acts. In Acts, we say he's the he's the shining light on the road to Damascus when he came as a as a light to reveal himself to to Saul of Tarsus, who became the great apostle Paul. So, just in every book of the Bible, we find Christ walking, sharing his love. I love it. I love it. And there's a per- fitting footnote for our conversation here today, the brand new book, The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. It's the latest installment in O.S. Hawkins' series on the codes, if you will. And uh, we've got a link for oshawkins.com at thebottomlineshow.com where you can learn more about all of these books. They make great gifts. I just have to throw that in there too. Uh, O.S. Hawkins, thank you so much for your time today and the great work here. And thanks for being with me on The Bottom Line. Thank you, Roger. And blessings on all of you. Appreciate it very much. And that concludes my conversation with Dr. O.S. Hawkins today here on The Bottom Line. Everyone Wednesday, and we got a couple of code books to give away. Uh, the one we just heard uh, Dr. Hawkins describing is called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of this book to give away at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You will understand the presence of Jesus in the Old Testament in a fresh new way by reading this book. I mean, it's so easy for us as Christians to say, okay, we're a New Testament church, you know, the words of Jesus and and, and the new covenant, and that's all that really matters. But, you know, the, the, the question is, well, wait, I mean, 39 of the 66 uh, books in the Bible are Old Testament. They focus on the Old Covenant. Shouldn't we be paying more attention to that? Well, the book, The Bible Code, helps you find Jesus in every book of the Bible, all 66 of them. And I know our Catholic friends might say, what about the Apocrypha? That's not the one we're talking about here today. 800-227-5278-800-227-5278-800-227-5278 is the number that gets you through to the bottom line. You know, I was thinking about this code series that Dr. O.S. Hawkins has put together. And it does make sense that God would have certain codes for else we can have to understand the code to prayer and the code to Bible promises and, you know, what Joshua can teach us. And of course, you know, the Bible itself. But you think about codes too, you know, a lot has been made in the scientific community over the years about DNA strands and, you know, molecular biology and, and things that there, there is a scientific pattern for. But why is it that you see some people who are able to live a very long life, maybe even like they did in biblical times, they lived to be 100, 150, 200, 400, whatever it was. And what was it about their world? And then in our world, you see people in their 60s and 70s dying of old age. A few years ago, I had a conversation with Dr. Chris Green about this subject. Dr. Green uh, specializes literally in the fusion of the Bible and science. And he's got more than 25 years of clinical experience with biblical wisdom. And he wrote a book called God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription for restoring body and soul. 
We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I felt felt it appropriate today for us to uh, revisit that conversation. And so Tamara's got it all queued up. We're going to hear it on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. It is amazing when you study Scripture and you think about how long ago it was written and how many practical applications there are today. And uh, in studio with me today here on The Bottom Line is a man who is a testament to that study and uh, also that practice. Dr. Chris Green uh, is a guy who describes himself as someone who uh, guides people on the path to biblical health. He's written God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription for restoring your body, and also a success manual, a seven-week plan for biblical health, too. And no, this is not a late-night infomercial. Uh, Chris has a history with us here on The Bottom Line Show and K-Bright Radio in particular, and uh, we're going to get into that right now. Dr. Chris Green, welcome to The Bottom Line Show today. Well, it is so fun to be here. I am excited to be back at KBRT, and especially that we get to spend some time together. Yeah, definitely. Now, I always like to say this before we get started, if there's ever any sort of potential tension here. People who say, I don't know how you can reach across the aisle and have conversations with people you disagree with. Chris and I went to rival high schools. Yes, we did. Okay. And, 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 and the, the Villa Park kids were always too snobby for us Foothill kids, but I'm sure you guys said terrible things about us, too. So, see, a, a Villa Park Spartan and a Foothill Knight can get along, right? We'll try. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. Well, an example. That's true. Well, we're trying. And if I've got your book here. If you come after me, I'll just come back and forth. Uh, let's talk about health for you, because you're, you're, you've been a doctor for many years. You've been helping people for many years. Talk about the, the, your, the combination, the, the, con- the confluence, if you will, of your faith and your practice. Well, I'd love to share it with you. Um, so I'm 30 years now in practice, and which makes me feel old, but oh well. Because you started right? in first grade, That's right? It, it's exactly, amazing, right? a miracle. And uh, so I've really been focused in multiple areas. One is neck and back pain. The mm-hmm. other is nutrition. And so it's kind of an interesting blend of how the body moves and nutrition. And there's lots of talk about like sports performance, nutrition, and that sort of thing. Um, but really, is there a true connection and the answer is is that the, that there is. It's just a matter of seeing where it's at. Mm-hmm. Well, so I've been on this nutrition walk for many years, decades. One of the things that I have no better way of saying it just bothers me 
is there's a lot of mis- misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. You hear all of these fad diets, you hear all of these, oh, this is the latest, greatest. And people are serious about their nutrition because they're serious about their health and they want answers, but it just seems like it's so confusing, it's so conflicted. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know, I'll go to the gym and I'll see guys with a protein shake and it's like in between reps, I gotta have the, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, is that really helping? Is that really beneficial? Then you see the different diets and everybody's got some different you know, diet thing that they've tried. They're not terribly effective. I mean, now we're sounding like a late night infomercial. Tell us, Dr. Green, they're not really effective, <laughs> but but you see this. I mean, you patients are coming to you and saying, hey, I've been trying this and trying that. And you're looking at their body and saying, I don't know what you did, but it's not helping. Right. And so there's two pieces that we have to look at it. This this isn't working because here's here's what I can tell you. Statistically, about 90 percent of diets fail. Um, it doesn't speak well of the diet industry. Uh, that they keep coming up with things that don't work? All right, exactly. <laughs> or it's a good business to be in one or the other. Maybe. Um, but on the other hand, I don't like to sound like, uh, or I don't want to mean to say that I've the guy, I'm the guy who's found out the answers. Uh, I'm all about research. And there are many studies that are just coming to conclusions, some, some that have been running for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. One is called the PURE study, and they've been um, uh, documenting. P-U-R-E, that's an acrostic for something? Correct. Okay. And don't ask me what it is because I I couldn't tell you. Right, but it's been around for years. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, and so this is from the World Health Organization, from the World Heart Federation, and here's what we found is that increasing the fat in your diet, decreasing the carbohydrates will reduce the chances for all of the major diseases that are just slamming people, things like diabetes, Mm -hmm. heart disease, stroke, and by the way, obesity too is really affected when you eat healthy fats and decrease the carbohydrates. And the studies show that. So what happened for me is I was like, okay, that's great. Here are the studies that show that. And I could bore you and you don't want me to because you would be bored. Well, I'm kind of a research geek, but go ahead. I realize for the for the benefit of everyone else. Okay. Yeah. So we could pull out all those studies and you and I would have a great time. We would. We would. Uh, we'd hear crickets <laughs> chirping. But... <laughs> Except for us going, whoa, wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but here's the other part is I was like, how about scripture? Does, does scripture support this? Well, the other side of Dr. Green's life is, oh, I really love to study the scripture. And the Lord put me on this path about 10 years ago of looking at scripture through the lens of the original biblical language, mm-hmm. Hebrew. And so I landed at this passage, Proverbs 25, 27, and it says this. Many of the listeners are probably familiar with it. It says, don't eat much honey. It's not good to glorify your glory. It's kind of an uh, awkward passage, uh, but the long story short, without getting into the Yeah, the, the first Hebrew, part makes sense, but the second part sounds a little The odd. glory part. Yeah. Right. Don't eat a lot of honey, and honey sugar. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same thing as table sugar. And just for you honey listeners out there, I know there's a little bit of extra stuff in honey, but as far as sugar, or the carbohydrate goes, mm-hmm. it's table sugar. Yeah. And so the effect of sugar on the organ that it most impacts, fatty liver disease, inflammation, diabetes, all of these different things... It's the liver. The liver was, is what gets hammered by sugar. And so when you look at that passage, Proverbs 25, 27, in the Hebrew, the word for glory, kavod, is also the word for liver, pronounced kaved, hmm. but it's kaf, bait, dalit. Mm-hmm. It's the same word. Same spelling. Same spelling. Just a little bit of a tweak, but as far as the, the root, what we would call the root of that word, right, right. it's the same for you Hebrew scholars out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so don't hang me on, right. on that, but, but, it's, but it is. 
And so we've talked with the Hebrew experts, and they say this is true. So in the Proverbs is this instruction not to eat much honey because it's really bad for your liver, and that's what drives what we call metabolic syndrome, mm-hmm. obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol. Which we're seeing in the culture everywhere. Huge. Inside the church and outside the church. I'd say even worse in the church. Really? Okay. I think so. Okay. okay. When I Fair go and enough. speak at churches, mm-hmm. it's like, because everything revolves around donuts and snacks and, and isn't cakes. it interesting? I'm talking with Dr. Chris Green today here on The Bottom Line. Godshealingcode.com is the website. Isn't it interesting that there are certain areas of human life that the church is all over. We've got to watch out for smoking and we've got to watch out for, you know, sex outside of marriage and things like that. And then you'll go to a conference with lots of large bellies, <laughs> lots of coffee and donuts, and people are sitting around going, what? What? Like, it's not, a, what? You know, and, and I, I realize that's a sensitive issue for a lot of people. Hey, we're all big and stuff like that. But if our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit and what you're talking about in the Hebrew text says, hey, we've got the key to get that good health again. I don't know why people ignore it. I'm back to your point. I just had, sorry, thanks for a little soapbox there in terms of what you seek, Dr. Chris Green, when you're speaking to people yeah. about this. No, and, and I, I'm just, it's like preaching to the choir here. Yeah. But, but it's more than that, because here's what I'll tell you, is a lot of people, it causes them heartache because they genu- genuinely want to break those chains of bondage, yes. if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. But it's the matter of They've knowing. They've tried the 90% of the diets and don't work. Yeah. Right. And so it's a matter of knowing what to do. Uh, but it's more than that, and, and here's what I've seen as well, is oftentimes there's a spiritual component as well, mm. meaning that the food becomes a, a, a crutch, uh, filling a void, um, soothing a pain, if you will, that really there's only one who can fill that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. It's the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I know, Chris, as we were talking uh, before we started our, our conversation here on air, um, when you talk about those comfort foods, I'll get into you know some of my health issues in just a moment. But um, I know that the moment the diagnosis came regarding my heart, all of a sudden, French toast, pancakes, pasta, that's all I wanted. And then I realized it's not because my body needed it. My mind and that wounded spot in my soul that said, hey, I got to walk down a dangerous road here. I mean, it's God's going to walk with me, but I still got to walk down it. All of a sudden, that sounded so good. Right. And so I completely understand the emotional part of it. Yeah. But but that's a place where we have to take those thoughts captive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, and then I would, I would argue that that's even more the reason why these issues of lifestyle when it comes to food and eating, mm-hmm. truly they need to be dealt with in the setting of the church, mm-hmm. a yes. place where we can both merge spirit mm-hmm. and body or we can really bring that conversation into one forum and talk about it. Talk about Proverbs 25, 27, don't eat much honey, it's not good for your liver. And also talk about the fruits of the spirit are blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. Talk about those things together because honestly, unless you deal with the spiritual part, the physical, we're gonna chase our tail. Right, and the reason I think that you've got this book titled God's Healing Code, A Biblical Prescription Restoring Body and Soul, is just that, the fact that you've studied scriptures, you've looked at the original texts, you've seen the complexities of the words, Dr. Chris Green, and what you're seeing is words that were written three, 4,000 years ago are speaking to us here in 2018. (laughs) I can't imagine. With interest, uh, godshealingcode.com is the website. There's a book in there. There's also a, uh, what he calls a seven-week plan for biblical health, the success manual. As we continue, I'm going to get a little personal here in terms of talking about my own uh, situation, something I just kind of alluded to here just a moment ago, and, uh, and and how a plan like this can actually help someone like me, or if you find yourself in a situation where you're part of that 90% of people who've tried diets and the diets didn't work, and you just said, to heck with it, I don't care. Uh, this 
Dr. Chris Green's research is going to help you care a lot more about caring for your body. We'll talk more about God's healing code for a biblical prescription for restoring body and soul in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Everyone, Wednesday edition of the program. You know, I was thinking, I would start off the Good News Friday programs by saying, good news, good. I got to come up with something like that for everyone Wednesday, right? Wouldn't that be cool? Um, We've got a couple of code books we're giving away today. Still a few moments left to call in and get your name in the drawing for the book by Dr. O.S. Hawkins called The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. We have one copy of that we're giving away today at 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. And then we're at the midpoint of my conversation with Dr. Chris Green, a uh, biblical nutritionist, if you will, who blends over 25 years of clinical scientific experience with biblical wisdom in his new book called A Biblical Prescription for Restoring Body and Soul. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. One copy each of those code books to give away, but because today is Everyone Wednesday, it means everybody who calls. And let's just keep... Uh, Joel and uh, Crystal, as busy as we can today, shall shall we? Uh, everyone's going to win something, whether it's uh, you know it, one of our K Bright gift bags or a little chip clip or uh, you know copies of the program guide. We have CDs, we have books, we've got all sorts of things um, to give to you today. So everybody wins something on Everyone Wednesday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We know that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is where the Holy Spirit resides. And we know that God has called us for such a time as this for the purpose to which we have been placed here on this earth right now on July the 12th, 2023. It was just over five years ago that I received the news that I had a damaged valve in my heart. My aortic valve was uh, in... Uh, They call it stenosis, which means it was closing up. It had a bicuspid top. It should have been a tricuspid. 2% of the population has it, and only 2% of the population need it replaced. I got mine replaced. So I've been on stoppage time ever since then. And trust me, that whole body is a temple of the Holy Spirit thing really rings true for me. Make the most of every opportunity you have to share the gospel because the days are evil. That is good news, and that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy Rabbi Schneider in Discovering the Jewish Jesus, which is coming up next. For those who remain on the network, uh, we continue my conversation with Dr. Chris Green, talking about God's healing code for your body. It's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Dr. Chris Green is in studio with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His new book is called God's Healing Code, A Biblical Prescription Restoring Body and Soul. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. There's also God's Healing Code, The Success Manual, a seven-week plan for biblical health. And we've got the link for godshealingcode.com up at thebottomlineshow.com. And uh, friends who have been uh, listening to the the Bible Answer Show, and that was on with us, uh, you were were one of the panel of experts, not necessarily on the pastoral team, but you bring a, a lot of biblical wisdom to an area of our lives, our physical health, that is so very, very key. And what we were talking during the break here about uh, uh, inflammation and how, how challenging that is for people like me, mm-hmm. but other people too, that's just kind of a way of life. Talk about what does the Bible, I mean, this is a 21st century problem, inflammation, or does this go back to scripture also? Well, interestingly enough, we use this term inflammation a lot in our culture. And if you say inflammation to people, like if I said, you know, tell me which, which of the two is bad, 
inflammation or anti-inflammation, and most people would say as far as one being bad and the other good, Mm -hmm. that inflammation is bad and anti-inflammation is a good thing. After all, we take a boatload of over-the-counter drugs called anti-inflammatories, right, right, Motrin, Advil, that kind of stuff. But we usually, I'll take something like that if I've got a headache, or Mm -hmm. like I just had some dental work done and they Mm -hmm. said, here, take this to reduce the swelling. I didn't think of that in terms of my overall body, my my health. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that that makes the point too. So what exactly is inflammation? Okay, hold on to your hold on to your hat. Good You're thing I'm sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> crash course in inflammation really quick. Uh-huh. Inflammation and anti-inflammation are two sides of the same coin. Inflammation is the beginning of the healing process, and anti-inflammation is the end of the healing process. If you were to cut your hand, you start bleeding. Right so that you don't bleed out, that's the end of your life, your body clots. It makes this stuff called fibrin, and that's the inflammatory response. A bunch of other things happen as well, bringing in new blood supply and nutrients and stuff to start to heal that cut. Mm -hmm. But once it's done healing, you wanna get rid of the excess scar tissue, otherwise you might have a clot, and that would be a problem because it could break loose and then you have a stroke, and other things that turn off that healing process. It's like making a cake. If you keep just adding flour and sugar right. and salt. Yeah, and at some point stuff, you have to say, we've got enough, the ingredients are just right. Put in the oven, let yeah. it cook, and when it's done cooking, turn off the oven, put everything away, yeah. and we're ready for another baking adventure down the road. Mm-hmm. Not not tomorrow, by the way. Maybe yeah. a cake once a month. Yeah, that, right? I was gonna say, we were talking about the whole processed sugar thing. Don't go. Don't <laughs> Don't go contradicting us here, Dr. Chris. All right. Yeah. So the inflammation process is the beginning of healing, and anti-inflammation is turning the healing process off. Here's the problem. Because we eat diets that are really high in inflammation-causing chemicals, I'll just leave it as that. They're called mm-hmm. omega-6 fatty acids. Mm-hmm. So we eat diets high in that. So we stimulate this healing process like crazy making all this fibrosis and scar tissue and all these different things. VEGF is this thing that causes more blood vessels that forms tumors and everything. So because we've got a a, a hyperactive beginning healing process and nothing to turn it off, the kitchen, our body, so to Mm -hmm. speak, looks like a kitchen where the Mad Hatter's at work uh-huh. and everything is in this inflamed, chaotic, agitated state. That cake is like spilling over the pan and it's dripping out of the oven and that, that's what's happening in our bodies. That's most people's bodies who eat an inflammatory diet. So is inflammation bad? No, no way. And here's why. If you don't have that scar tissue form, you'll bleed out. Right, so you want right. inflammation. You do have a certain amount of it. Absolutely. But you also need anti-inflammation to turn it down. You really want a Mm one-to-one. So that would be like omega-6 fatty acids and omega-3 fatty acids. You want them Mm one-to-one. Omega-6s come from flowers and grains and all that kind of stuff that we love to eat. And omega-3s come from things like broccoli, Mm -hmm. which most people don't like to eat. Oh, you said the V word, didn't you? Vegetables. Sorry. Yeah. No, but, but, but they're, they're the disinflammatories, and they more importantly, Dr. Chris Green, they keep the balance. Absolutely. And I think that's that, that – because, that, again, everything – God's a God of order and not of chaos, and so there's harmony. I mean, right. there, even if it's dissonant, there's harmony in mm-hmm. music, there's harmony in art, in nature, and this is the harmony you're talking about within Absolutely. the bodies. Dr. Chris Green is with me today here in studio on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. His book is called God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription restoring body and soul We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com and also his website, godshealingcode.com. Okay, so here we're talking about inflammation and things of that nature, and we see an epidemic, it seems, like with kids especially, with regard to their eating. Talk about 
take a couple minutes here and talk about the obesity, diabetes epidemic that we're seeing. And maybe are there some, not only are there some solutions, but how important is it for us to start working on those solutions right now when they're young? Now's the time. Let me just start and I'll finish by saying now's the time and here's why. So inflammation is a real problem whether you know it or not. It's, it's kind of like heart disease is a silent killer. Mm-hmm. Inflammation is a silent killer because it is at the core of so much of the chronic disease and illness that we face today. Mm-hmm. And without getting any more detail than what we talked about is that you need inflammation and anti-inflammation and we don't get anywhere near enough anti-inflammation which is gonna be from foods that have a lot of green stuff in them, vegetables, right. that sort of stuff. And keep taking those fish oils if you're taking them but two fish oil tabs are not going to overdo a lifestyle of all kinds of foods full of the omega-6 fatty acids. It is kind of like taking a squirt gun to a forest fire. Absolutely. Yeah. You got it. Thank you. Mm. And so we've got to really uh, – do, we got to deal with that before we deal with anything. That's a big lifestyle change. But here's where we really get in trouble is conditions like diabetes. Insulin resistance is at its core an inflammatory condition. Heart disease is an inflammatory condition. How about this for a statistic that'll just knock your socks off? Okay. We've heard about, well, I have one, and I think you had mentioned we were talking about it earlier as well, with um, uh, autism. There are, so autism is a terrible thing, but did you know that there are more children with hypertension? Okay, let me just cut to the chase on this. More kids have high blood pressure than do autism. When's the last time you heard about that? Never. Right? No, really, never. High That's, blood pressure is an old white guy's disease, 50, 60, 70 years of age. Used to be. Yeah, or that's what, we, that's what we're told. Absolutely. And that is absolutely attributable to diet, not eating enough fiber. And so fiber is the cure in a big way is to increase the fiber, and that's going to come through more vegetables, mm-hmm. less refined carbohydrates. You keep bringing up this more vegetables thing like it's a good thing, Dr. It Chris. Is. I mean, seriously, okay, fine. Uh, is your last name really green, or that's just to remind <laughs> people to eat vegetables? I'm just having some fun with you because I, mean, I, know, I love fruits and vegetables, and especially I know the, the, the benefit of doing so. Um, t- today on the Bottom Line Show, Dr. Chris Green is in studio with me. Godshealingcode.com is the website. God's Healing Code, the success manual. Take a look at that along with the book, God's Healing Code, A Biblical Prescription, Restoring Body and Soul. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. I know that God can heal my body supernaturally, and I pray for that every day. At the same time, if he wants you know, me to walk down this, this valley, then I'm, I'm walking through it. What can I do right now? What can our listeners do right now? I mean, not everyone's having open heart surgery, but what can our listeners do on this? I would imagine as, as less flammatory or inflamed as I am, the better. Yeah, so here's the bottom line on that. Play yeah, pardon, the, pardon the pun. No, it's well taken. But here's what it is. Proverbs 25, 27, eat less honey. So decrease your sugar intake, your refined carbohydrate intake. Mm-hmm. Hugely important. Pasta, breads, sugar. All those comfort those. foods that I'm craving right now? Yes. Yeah, I got to stop. Yeah, okay. and we've really done it to ourselves as a culture, but mm-hmm. we need to get away from that. And then the other, and so that's Proverbs 25, 27. Okay. And how about Genesis 1? Is that a good place to start? I think Where so. God says to eat of the trees and the, and the seed-bearing plants, eat those things. So increase your fiber intake. Here's the easy one on that. Chia seed and flax seed are great sources of fiber. And then your vegetables like broccoli, the longer they take take to chew, uh-huh. the more fiber they got. <laughs> so it's just that simple. Yeah. Increase your fiber intake 
and then decrease the refined carbohydrates. That's uh, breads, pastas, and sugars. Mm-hmm. There you have it. That's simple. And that's that's something that would will benefit me, but will also benefit people right now who say, hey, where'd that extra 10 pounds come from? It from will. my midsection. I yes. mean, and, and especially for moms and dads where here's a big one, grandma and grandpa. We got a minute left here. I'm talking to you right now. We were talking about kids and inflammatory situations and hypertension and things of that nature. And what do we want to do as grandparents with our grandkids? We want to spoil them. So, what? hey, let's go out for ice cream, cake, whatever, and stuff like that. Dr. Chris Green, I'll give you the last word on this one. But uh, talk to the grandparents listening to us about how you need to find other ways to spoil your kids, your grandkids. Yeah, especially. well, here, here, how about just this one? Spend time with them. And then here, this is going to sound really boring. I like it. Dried fruit, beef jerky, nuts. If you want to Now, give beef jerky is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fun for the guys anyway. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh So that, you know, get rid of the sugar, quit giving them those apple juice, you know, bottles of juice and that kind of stuff. Because I hate to say this, but you are setting the stage for chronic disease at earlier and earlier ages. Yeah. And that's the thing we're trying to avoid. Well, this is the first of what I'm hoping to be many conversations with Dr. Chris Green here on the Bottom Line Show. And not just for my own health, but I mean, for the health and well-being of the body of Christ. Amen. We we want the body of Christ to be healthy physically, spiritually, and emotionally and relationally too. God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription restoring body and soul is the book. God's Healing Code, the success manual, a seven-week plan for biblical health is the manual that goes along with it. Godshealingcode.com is the website. I encourage you to check out what Dr. Christopher Green is doing uh, because I think this is it can be very life changing for so many people. Chris, thanks for being with me. Thank on the you. Today. It's been great. And that concludes my conversation with Dr. Chris Green today here on the Bottom Line. Revisiting that discussion since we're having kind of a Everyone Wednesday Code edition today here on the program. Chris's book is called God's Healing Code, A Biblical Prescription for Restoring Body and Soul. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we have a copy of the book to give away. It's substantial. It's a big old heavy sucker. 800-227-5278. is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And because it's Everyone Wednesday, um, everyone's going to get something. So give us a call and you are guaranteed to win. 800-227-5278. Now, when you call the Bottom Line Show today, you're going to win a prize and you're going to feel good about that and you won't have to pay taxes on it or anything like that. It's just kind of our gift to you for listening to the program and uh, and being involved and you know giving us your feedback on what you like about the show. But as we were listening to Dr. Chris Green and Dr. O.S. Hawkins over the past hour, talking about a biblical prescription for restoring your body and soul with the right foods and the right rest and exercise in the God's Healing Code case, and then having a better understanding of who Jesus is in the Bible Code series from O.S. Hawkins, it got me thinking about how we as Christians look at our spiritual lives here and why it is that we kind of look at the Word of God and our relationship with the Lord like it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but like it's like buried treasure. Well, you know, the reason I think why we do look at it like that is because it is like that. (laughs) On the other side of this break, I want to compare and contrast a couple of stories. One that happened in the uh, Western mining towns in Western Massachusetts um, about two decades ago, and one that has shown up in rural Kentucky, um, both of them promising huge returns and one of them actually delivering. But I think there's some biblical wisdom in each story. So we're going to take a look at both of them. Coming up next is kind of a metaphor for what our life in Christ can and could and should be. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. 
you can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. My thanks again to Dr. Chris Green, the author of God's Healing Code, a biblical prescription restoring body and soul, for joining me today on the program. And we're giving away a copy of Chris's book, God's Healing Code, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. the number to get you through to the bottom line. Also, thanks to Dr. O.S. Hawkins for discussing the Bible Code with us as well. 800-227-5278. Got a copy of that book to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, it's uh, when people talk about their faith in the Lord, oftentimes they use the example of how it is just like, it keeps getting better and better. It's almost like having um, a buried treasure of sorts. And oftentimes they'll go to Mar- uh, Matthew chapter 13 as the example. Now, Matthew 13 is an interesting book in the Bible because of the stories, the parables that are there in that chapter, but then also a couple of examples that Jesus uses with regard to how our faith plays out. Let, let me just kind of jog your memory a little bit, if I may, with regard to Matthew chapter 13, because Matthew 13 features the uh, the story right now that I am really keen on for the culture that we're living in. I mentioned it just about every program. It's on tomorrow's edition of uh, uh, National Crawford Roundtable, and that is, well, the parable of the sower is important. That's the one where Jesus says, uh, sower went out to sow, he sowed the seed, some fell on the ground, the birds ate it, some fell in stony places, and so even though it took root, that they didn't have any place for the root to go. Um, then there were some that went to uh, a place where it fell among thorns. The thorns literally choked them up, out, but then the seed that fell on good soil yielded a good, a good crop. Then he explains that. Then he continues with the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30 where he talks about the kingdom of heaven being like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and then went on his way. When the grain sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. And and if you do a little more exegesis in this passage, you find out that the the weed, if you will, or the tares, is actually the bearded darnel, which when it comes up out of the ground and starts to grow, actually mimics wheat. It looks like wheat. It's not until the wheat head finally shows up, and that's where you see where, what makes it wheat, that the darnel shows up, and it's a pretty flower, but it's also a toxic fume, and it's poisonous. 
So when the grain sprouted and produced the crop, the tares also appeared, and the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How come these tares are here? And the owner says, Well, an enemy did this. And the servants say, Do you want us to go and gather this up? But the owner of the land says, No, don't collect the tares, because when you're pulling up the tares, you're also going to uproot some of the wheat. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, First gather the tares, weed the garden and put them in bundles and burn them. Then gather the wheat into my barn and take them on their way. And it's a, it's a separation of, you know, there are a lot of people who look like they are doing the work of God. A lot of people who sound like it. And then you find out that they're Ravi Zacharias and they were sexual predators. And it doesn't matter how many people he led to Christ and how many people, he was a brilliant teacher. But that sinful nature, I don't know how you reconcile it. Now, I know I get a lot of email from people saying, hey, wait, don't be so hard on Ravi. I think he's going, I'm not saying I don't want him to go to heaven. What I'm saying is anybody who's in that position where you have that much influence, teachers of the Bible are going to be judged more harshly than those who did not. The fact that he kept this going, that he buried the sin, that there were others who were complicit in it, that they used ministry money to purchase massage parlors. I mean, all I'm saying is I don't know how Ravi could stand before God on Judgment Day and God doesn't say, you know, sorry. I mean, depart from me, I never knew you. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking, but I don't, I don't see any other way around it. And it's interesting because in, in this sense here, it's like God is saying, we didn't find out about the weed part of that ministry until after this guy was dead. So, um, let both grow together until the harvest. And then I'll say to the reapers, gather the tares, bind them and burn them, and then gather the wheat, bring them into my barn. And then he goes into the mustard seed parable. Matthew 13 has just got all sorts of stuff. The parable of the unleaven, and then also about prophecies. And then in verse 44, he shares the first of two parables that get to what we're talking about today here on the Bottom Line Show. Matthew 13, 44, Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Pretty shrewd guy. He's out just looking around, trying to suss the area. He's kind of digging around to see if there's rocks, this, that, the other thing. And he finds a treasure hidden in the field. So what does he do? Very calmly, he covers the treasure back up. He goes and sells everything he has. So he's got enough money so he won't be outbid finds the owner of the field and says, I want this field. I mean, it may not mean much to you, but it'll mean a lot to me and my family. I want this field. And the owner says, okay, I'll pay you handsomely. Literally, I'll pay you everything I have. Why? Because there's a treasure buried in that field that's worth far more than what the value of the land is. You know, kind of a real life version of this has actually happened as well. A guy in Kentucky, a farmer by trade, was digging out in his cornfield earlier this year. And so he, um, he was out digging, and one day he came across something, and we've all done this before. You're out in the backyard digging, and all of a sudden something comes up, and it looks kind of gold to you. What's your first thought? I found buried treasure. Well, here in the People's Republic of California, what you probably found is a gold or copper-looking rock uh, maybe a fossil, but nothing that would be worth any value. So he uh, he found this coin, and it turned out 
it was minted in the mid-19th century. And he took it to, uh, uh, I guess, a jeweler or you know someone who works in this kind of industry. And it turned out that it was actually an authentic gold coin from the Civil War era. And the valuator said, uh, this coin may be worth as much as $100,000. So if you're the farmer, what do you do? You were digging around looking for corn and you found a coin that was worth $100,000. What do you do? That's right. You go back to the field and you keep digging. And you dig and dig and dig and dig. And basically what happened is these coins are anywhere, coins plural, $1 gold coins, $20 gold coins, $10 gold coins. He found over 700 of them. Incredible. Uh, the National Post has reported that the treasure, which is called the Great Kentucky Hoard, contains 18 of the $20 gold Liberty coins that were minted in 1863. And one of those has already earned $100,000 at auction. The 1863 $20 gold Liberty coin weighs 33.4 grams. It's 90% gold and 10% copper. There were 600 gold dollar coins uh, that were minted anywhere from 1850 to 1862. Lots of silver coins as well. Uh, since the hoard consists of union currency, it, it is suspected that the former owners of the site may have had dealings with the North, or at least they were <laughs> hiding their stuff away from uh, the Confederate readers. But nonetheless, um, it's amazing. Jeff Garrett is a rare coin dealer and a lead expert in American coinage. And he said, you know, I'm always excited when someone calls asking for advice about a rare coin discovery, but this great Kentucky hoard is literally one of the highlights of my career. Truly remarkable that this guy found these coins. Really spectacular. But there's a lesson for us as Christians to glean from this example. I want to tell you what it is coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But the first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else. Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a pre-born clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into pre-born health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. 
Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. You still have a couple minutes left to call in and uh, get in on the drawing for the book by Dr. Chris Green called God's Healing Code. Everyone, Wednesday, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. The Kentucky farmer who is anonymous, he's not released his name yet, and no one knows exactly where his farm is. Digging in his cornfield, struck gold earlier this year. He found over 700 gold coins, ranging in value from $1 to $20. Solid gold, meaning 90% gold, 10% copper. One of the coins has already auctioned for, for $100,000, and he has 700 of these coins. But isn't it just like God? I mean, this was obviously the work of man, some Union Connection people during the Civil War, had some gold coins, wanted to bury them and hide them and come back and find them. And 200 years later, well, obviously they didn't find them. But isn't it just like God? How often do we say, God, you know, we were like the baby bird in the nest, literally just opening our mouth saying, feed us, help us to grow and help us to learn. This is one part of what God does. Where he talks about, I mentioned Matthew 13, Verses 44, 45, and 46. Verse 44 is the, uh, the treasure in the field, the buried treasure. And the man who discovers it quickly covers it up, sells everything he has, approaches the landowner and says, I want to give you everything I have for this field. And then it's because there's a treasure there. Then he talks about the pearl of great price in verses 45 and 46 of Matthew chapter 13 where Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant sinking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now here's the beauty. As Christians, we say, yes, I will willingly give up everything I have, everything that I own, everything that I know to follow Jesus. Because the treasure there is greater than any treasure I could accumulate for myself on earth. But you know that principle swings both ways? Look at what God said. God in heaven watching his creation falling apart because of mankind introducing sin into the world. And God saying, I love the world so much, I am going to redeem it, all of it. And I'm going to start with the people. My son, Jesus Christ, will pay the penalty for their sin. And when he does, the redemption process will have begun. So in the same way that we have this love for God, and would gladly give everything that we have to follow him. He loved us so much that he gave everything he had in the form of his only son to pay the penalty for our sin so we could have that kind of all-in relationship with him. Way better than Civil War era gold coins in the field. Way more valuable and way more beneficial. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.